0: For all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San
1: Diego. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live for the first time ever on this podcast from the studios of Brandios in San Diego, California, I'm here with Jason Klein, who you've heard many times on this podcast, and Casey White, who is in the other room working on Deadlines. Jason, we've known each other 10 years. Yeah. 10 you years. You made ago. it. We've known each other. And here we are finally meeting each other in person for the very first time. Incredible. So-, yeah, we
0: were, so you just got here. I'm curious. like, What has surprised you most about being at Brandio's headquarters in San Diego?
1: The The hat wall. Like the hat wall, so I walked in. Uh The very first thing that you did was, well, the first thing I did was just wow myself at the hat wall and just say, "Holy smokes, look at all these great hats! All these familiar brands, these things that yeah that I've known about over the years." To to see them, you know, sort of in person here on your shelves in studio. The first thing you did was, you know, we said hi. I finally met Casey for the first time. I had yeah Casey never even spoken to Casey, so it was great to meet him. Uh, and then you busted out the swatches, the Pantone books, yeah, the 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 threads, all the colors, and you were showing me like this intricate system of matching that you guys do. I think with every profession, there's there's very little sense of how much actually goes into right the the details. I mean, right. you look at the you look at a hat, and you're just like, that's a cool hat, or it's not a cool hat, or it's a to see the The detail that you all go into to create these things was was an incredible experience.
0: yeah, I know we've talked about this before, but you know we are designing caps, and caps are the thing that everybody talks about. But embroidery is definitely the most it's the least forgiving and it's the most visible, and it is the, got the greatest limitations. So so much of the process, specifically in terms of color, begins with, okay, what are our new era limitations? Like what can we do? What sort of fabrics, kind of threads do we have accessibility uh, to? So as much as you know, you hear about Pantone colors and you hear about um, uniform colors. We really start with New Era, and I walked you through that process of you know starting with what fabrics are available for on field, and then what threads are available for on field, and then using that to work backwards into developing some sort of color scheme that tells the story of the community that's iconic and that ultimately. people will probably want to buy.
1: Well, it's incredible. And it's, you know, like I said, the detail, the, the precision that it requires. I've made the joke that you must have to do all this stuff early in the morning because your eyes got to be so tired at the end of the day. The other thing that I was surprised by. Yeah. And we haven't discussed even off air here is the three foot tall, four foot tall Lego gorilla in the middle. We mold. do.
0: So um, we have Klink Kong, uh, who is the... Klink Kong. Klink Kong is the mascot for the Klink Room and we have a yeah four to five foot tall lego gorilla that looks like when you go to like the lego store and they have like those giant you know sculptures brick by brick piece um of you know incredible characters we have a uh, clink kong which is our, our uh mascot for the clink room And uh, in design, it was designed by Casey, um, specifically to be able to wear a 5950. So it is if you can imagine a gorilla (laughs) wearing a full size gorilla wearing a 5950, sort of squatting down. um, Yeah, it, it is pretty impressive.
1: I think I think next time I come back here, uh, maybe you'll have an orangutan who could wear like a dad I mean, hat. Maybe a forty-seven. It, uh...
0: We will definitely <laughs> let uh, the baseball gods know that you are interested in a in and pushing the
1: dad hat movement. Uh, well, what an actual you know what a huge thrill for me to actually be here in in the studio, right? I mean, we've yeah. talked about this a long time. We had a couple of near misses when uh, we were trying to trying to connect. I know that Chris Creamer has been out to San Diego, yeah, for some events, and yeah. you got to meet him, but. To to finally be here and and to to see all of this in person is 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 such a thrill. I have to mention too that the uh, San Diego Airport is mere moments away from here. I mean, we're- mere
0: moments uh, and uh, near death. Uh, <laughs> we are at the end of the runway of San Diego International Airport. Uh, so if you've ever uh, left San Diego by airplane, you've flown over the studio, and uh, we always joke that if a, a plane failed to take off the ground that would be the, uh, the end of Brandiose There'd road. be a lot, of other,
1: a lot of other minor league baseball designers out there who yes, have a lot more. Very,
0: quick, <laughs> very quickly, yes. Uh,
1: this, and this neighborhood is called? Uh, Liberty Station. Liberty Station. Yeah,
0: so we are uh, here in the old Naval Training Center um, for uh, Pacific Fleet. It was built around the 1920s. And if you have a, a grandfather um, or a... Uh, maybe a, a parent or relative that was in the navy and on the pacific coast they likely passed through here and got their initial training so it's the, the old naval training the training center in san diego and late 2000s it got turned into a commercial district so we have an arts district we've got um theater we've got uh you know a, a trader joe's a grocery store um, stone brewing is uh got their largest it's, i think they said it's the largest um restaurant uh, by footprint in san diego stone brewing is right literally what i mean
1: you could throw a rock to, from from brandy Oaks. yeah yeah well and full disclosure i'm in san diego for a, a retirement event for a colleague of mine i'm speaking at a, a retirement event i looked it up I looked up your address. I looked up the address where this event is happening, and it's like less than a quarter mile away. I mean, it was ridiculous how yeah. fortuitous this was.
0: We could throw a rock. <laughs>
1: we really <laughs> could throw a rock. Yes.
0: So I can't say that um, we haven't had some liquid creativity mm-hmm. uh, moments <laughs> across the street at Stone, and then uh, followed ourselves back um, uh, to the studio to to let loose, <laughs> to let loose on the drawing board.
1: Looking looking at the the hat wall over here i'm kind of i find myself wondering like which which of these logos was the result of uh, a couple of i don't know peanut butter porters or something i mean <laughs> or yeah, the vinieros. i'm looking at the, the It could be
0: some Pinot. um they're <laughs> also i mean gosh or the um uh, the uh oh man i keep on looking at it. i can't think of the name upper right here uh with uh from louisville the
1: uh um, the, the drink the the mint juleps the
0: mint juleps yes probably was uh, inspired by some some late nights at stone yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of uh wacky things up there
1: that could have been liquid generated Absolutely see it. So how come San Diego? What landed you in San Diego?
0: Born and raised. Oh. So Casey and I have been best friends since kindergarten. We grew up um, a block away from each other and uh, met in kindergarten. And uh, yeah, we were always like, you know doing home movies we did a we did back to the future 4 have you you probably haven't seen that it back was back to the future it's horror. not it's not on netflix yet come on
1: that's not a real thing
0: it was a real thing back in uh, in the day um where marty and doc went back to uh the caveman days this isn't real I, it, it is definitely a real come thing come on back it to not, the future it was not an approved uh, steven spielberg uh, film but um yeah we we would, we, did, we did that in fifth grade and yeah we were always like You know, creating parades on our streets and coming up with, um, we screen printed t-shirts out of our parents' garages and drove our parents nuts. So yeah, born and raised here and um, and just always love like telling stories and the idea of storytelling. And so we're back at home.
1: Amazing. So I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this wall. Obviously there's bins all over here. There's so many more brands that you've worked on than the ones that we're just sitting here looking at right now. yeah. When you look at all of these, do you do you just recall the story right away? Can you could you just ex- speak extemporaneously on any one of these brands? Do you remember the, the details of these? Can you name every single one of them, or are there some that you know were long enough ago or disappeared <laughs> into the ephemera? What is that one? What is that yeah. one exactly? No, no, no.
0: I can identify all of them, and it's interesting because some of them you see through the eyes of the people that you worked with on it. Mm -hmm. So we've got a lot of great friends in minor league baseball and it's just cool to like, Oh, I remember going to the pizza place in Staten Island when we did the pizza rats, Mm -hmm. as I'm looking at this one or um, our friends in Reading, Scott Hunting is a great friend of ours. And we spent years in Reading just palling around town, went to his house. Um, Scott is uh, he's the GM and he's got a actual like, like, legitimate urinal in his like a uh, basement and i'll never i just whenever i think about that he's got like a there's like a yeah it's like a legitimate i remember going like we were hanging out in his house and there was a urinal in his basement and how like amazing that was <laughs> like for me <laughs> as a young kid so um but yeah like you know going to jacksonville or like trying to come up with um a cap that everybody wanted to wear for the kentucky derby yeah and you know design the mint and julep and the colors and specific, you know, so that's more project oriented where you're thinking about, um, you know, like what was the strategy, what we were trying to achieve. So yeah, it's the people, it's the the mission, what the vision was, what we we're trying to get across. Um, and then obviously success, you know, I mean, you go the trash pandas, the chihuahuas, the iron pigs, the, the sod poodles and the flying squirrels and Hartford yard goats. So yeah, I mean, you just sort of look at them all, different stories and, and different meaning
1: that i'm finding it i'm enjoying that as we're sitting here having this conversation we're both just staring at the hat wall right yeah, like right, we're just right. looking at logo to logo to logo one of the things that i'm sort of struck by and i love that here goes the airplane i'm reminded of the uh, of the movie the blues brothers when they were moving into the apartment Right, and, uh, right, and one of them asked the other, "How how often the train goes by?" Yeah, and the other said, "So often you don't even notice." That's us. <laughs> I'm I'm not there yet with these airplanes. That's
2: us. <laughs>
0: and if I, and if it was, um, we're we're super casual. If this was like a, um, you know, like if it was a. Um, if we weren't if we weren't having the casual conversation we have, yeah. I would stop, you know, and say, Paul, we got we gotta wait. We, we gotta wait. wait. We got to wait. Airplane got to wait. going by. But yeah. I feel like it adds more to the authenticity of what it feels like to be at the studio.
1: I've I've had conversations in bakeries, I've had conversations on road trips, yeah. I've had conversations at ball games. So this is this is all part of the ambiance here. So <laughs> As, as I'm sitting here looking at the, the hat wall, and we spend a certain amount of time talking about the hat wall when, when I first came in and looking at the embroidery and the colors and that sort of thing. But the overall sort of visual aesthetic, I think the thing that would would surprise people is that, yes, I mean, there's a certain vernacular that people associate with with Brandiose. There's a lot on that hat wall that doesn't fit into that vernacular, right? Like it's a wide range of design styles that are up here. I will admit you know, and I feel like I have a pretty good sense for, you know, which, which brands are yours and which brands are created by other designers. I came in and I saw the, the sideways trident of the Everett Aqua Socks. Yeah. I had no idea that was you guys. Yeah. Such a simple and elegant design, such a clever twist on the, the Mariners trident for a Mariners affiliate. No idea that that was you guys. I did not, I had no idea that you guys worked with Everett.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things is that the logos that get the most attention are a certain kind of logo. Um, so, for what we've talked before statistically, letter logos don't sell. Yeah, they don't get a ton of attention. They don't sell, um, and a lot of that has to do with uh, how the logo relates to the buyer. So, for example, um, you know, if you're from Worcester and you see the W uh, and you know that um, there's a hidden heart. Yeah. in the w that represents the you know the heart of the commonwealth that means something to you but if you're here in san diego and you just see a w on a hat you might not see the heart and it's like i don't that w doesn't mean anything to you but boy you know you see a cheesesteak on a hat <laughs> and you're gonna think to yourself wow like that's a cheesesteak like or what kind of sandwich that is so certain logos definitely get more talked about mm-hmm. just because of they're that minor league approach, yeah. um, and that's why maybe the Trident Sideways E for Everett. It's a it's a spoof on the old Mariners M. Um, it just doesn't. Um, it's just part of a different conversation.
1: Absolutely, yeah. That uh, Woo socks W there. If you're interested, you can check out episode. 27 of Baseball by Design. Wow,
0: you're really like off the cuff, Paul.
1: Jason, I've just had that right off the top of my head. June 7, 2022. Yeah, it's- Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I think that that's, I mean, it's such a fascinating part of that that conversation. It, you know, like like I said, the, I used the term visual vernacular. How do you keep it, you, you've been doing this for, I mean, gosh, we talked about, you know, your, your earliest work, one of your earliest- uh logos was the tulsa drillers i don't think it was the first though right the first was pull your water oh uh, no, no no the west tennessee diamond jacks the diamond jacks was our very first uh, and, project and what year was that
0: this was 2002 maybe
1: okay all right yeah so more than two decades yeah yeah when you approach a new project for a new brand how do you keep it how do you keep a, a fresh perspective uh after doing this for for 20 years I mean, I I
0: don't know that we really think about trying to make an aesthetic statement.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think it's more of okay, what is the story that we're trying to tell? Yeah. Um, what are the icons that are going to be the characters or represent that story? Um, you know, we talk about colors. You know, we we've talked before. Chihuahuas are brown, and they're also tan, uh, tan and they're also gray. But if you think about Chihuahua, and you need something to read quickly a Chihuahua is tan. So you're like, okay, well, they're going to be the Chihuahuas. We probably need a quick read. So therefore it's going to need a tan Chihuahua. So a lot of it really, you know, or a shrimp is pink, you know, yeah. I mean, you could get into like, well, there's some purple, there's some gray, but you want it to be fun. Yeah. So a lot of it is, um, you know, what is the character or what is the story and how we're going to tell the story. Um, we absolutely think about doing a twist on it. Like what is, is there an Easter egg? um. So Smiley, the alternate logo for the Woo Sox, I don't know why I just have Woo Sox in front of me. Yeah, um, is in a, a, in a Ted Williams swinging pose, and most people would not know that. Um, but there's definitely like Easter egg, which is no, he's in a Ted Williams uh, bat swing, and that's obviously a reference to the Red Sox. And so you do try to like ask yourself once you know. All right, we have a Smiley face. The Smiley face um, was invented in, in Worcester it's going to, what are we going to do? How do we do a smiley face and, and red socks? It's like, well, why don't you put red socks on a smiley face? Like, okay, now what's it doing? You know, it's like, oh, it's swinging. Like, okay, that's where you start to get a little more like, well, how do we do this differently? Well, what if we do like a, a famous player pose okay, or, or stance? Who's it going to be? Ted Williams. So there's, there's that kind of conversation that happens well after you know what you're working with.
1: For the listener, it's important to note that Jason is gesticulating wildly as he's talking here. This is <laughs> the the hand motions, the, the 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 batting stances, the gesturing at the hats. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, it, it's a big my... part of the conversation. When when someone comes to the studio, first of all, the fact that you just existed on Google, I don't I don't want to be uh, airing your laundry here. But hey, Paul! Hey, <laughs> Paul!
0: We... Hey. We're, we're a secret under de- underground uh, design studio.
1: It was super easy to locate you and, and to realize that this was, you know, right across the street, essentially, from where I'm going to be later tonight. Do you have folks just stop by? Do people just come by because they found you on Google? Very rarely. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay.
0: Very rarely. Like okay. once every two years.
1: Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, so when I when I knocked on the door with my I had my 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 wiffle bat with a bandana tied around the end. We and knew it was here. We <laughs> you knew it was here. We knew you were coming. We had some idea of who we were looking at. So this is where this you know this obviously is where much of the work happens. I will reiterate, Casey, who I have never met or even spoken to before today, is back here hard at work on a yeah. deadline. Uh, so I'm thrilled to meet Casey here.
0: He is handcuffed uh, to the his desk. We, I, there's so much
1: work to be done that he yes he's got important work to do i certainly understand that but you uh you 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 all you know you spend a fair amount of time here this obviously is your studio yeah but i know that you travel when you develop new brands you go to places you get into into the community uh there goes flight uh 157 that's right it's to going 10.
2: to honolulu,
0: honolulu. <laughs> hawaiian <laughs> airlines going to honolulu you have a more
1: positive outlook than i do i, was I gonna mean
0: i didn't want to <laughs> say american airlines going to phoenix <laughs> no offense to my fine friends uh
1: and listeners in phoenix <laughs> of course but so you know so some of your time is spent here some of your time is spent on the road in these places yeah do you have and I'm not going to, I'm not, um, you'll never hear me ask you, do you have a favorite logo that you've created? I, you know, that's it's not a good question, Yeah. but do you have favorite places that you visited? Yes. Places that you, you yes. really just enjoyed uh, getting into that town.
0: Uh, Redding, Pennsylvania is still one of our favorites. If you haven't been to um, America's classic ballpark, it is the Wrigley slash Fenway of minor league baseball. Like it is like, you got to go. It's just, um, you know, it's, it's great. I love it. You got to go to Reading. Um, they just have so much fun in the presentation and what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, it's really folksy and it's really, um, they own it in a way that makes it just, I, I mean, I remember Casey's like, I think I want to move to Reddit. (laughs) Um, and so it's just, it's, it's one of like, it's a bucket list. Like you probably have 30 major league baseball ballparks Hit up three, mm-hmm. then go to Reading. Okay, don't finish out the other, you know, the other uh, twenty-seven. Reading's great. Um, we always have a great time uh, up in Spokane. It's so fun to go to Spokane. Mm. Um, you know, uh, El Paso has got. Uh, I think it's the smallest. I, I'm, I'm going to. I'm someone's going to come in the comments and say not true, <laughs> but I think it is the smallest AAA ballpark uh, in terms of footprint oh. in a city. And it's great. I mean, they've got like, I mean, you're right next to the border. So you have the Mexican culture, the El Paso culture, the American culture, the food is incredible. Um, and that feels like a mini major league baseball ballpark. It is, uh, you know, El Paso. Of course, you know, we spent a decade, you know, in Clearwater every year. So Clearwater's
1: is fun. I just, there's just so many, there's just so many good cities. Absolutely. Well, I can totally imagine that that would be really fun to visit these places. I have to tell you, I have been to one game in Reading. Okay, I was there with my my family. There were like ten of us. Who were my my parents, my brother and his kids, my kids. I like the setup already. It was it was an amazing experience. My dad went. We went to the concessions, and they actually had on the menu at the concession stand they had a spinach salad, and my dad ordered the spinach salad. And it was like everyone in the ballpark, like it was like record scratch, like everyone stopped, the game stopped, everyone stopped and looked at my dad. This sounds about right. And the concession worker said, I don't know how long that spinach salad has been there. You're the first person ever to order. Wow. (laughs) Wow.
0: Well, uh, Redding is home of the Churger, um, which uh, I don't know if we've talked about this before. The Churger is uh, a fantastic concoction of uh, burger cheese grilled chicken patty cheese between two buns. And um, I don't know if they sell a lot of those either,
1: <laughs> but- uh, It's in the other direction. But That's the
0: Churger is, uh, it's home of the Churger. And uh, if you've never had a Churger, you have to go to Reading and have a Churger.
1: Now I got to go back to Redding. Uh, yeah. I'll absolutely do that. Uh, on, in the same vein, my mother once, without realizing what she was doing- we went to a Wilmington Blue Rocks game on Mr. Celery Night. Okay. And like, I mean every night's Mr. Celery. Every night. night is Mr. Celery Night. But they were dressed in the lime green Mr. Celery yeah, uniforms. Yeah. They gave away a Mr. Celery bobblehead. And so we went to the game there. My mother, not wanting to eat stadium food, brought in, no joke, without realizing what she was doing, brought in celery and was sitting there eating celery. We call
0: that we call her a stalker. <laughs>
1: That's a great joke. Wait, wait, she's a she's, stalker.
0: She's the stalker. Well, that's this is a, this is a true well, the celery squad. They're not called stalkers. Yeah, um, the celery squad um, was a group that started. They were University of Delaware students, and they came out. It was just sort of like a kitschy thing they started. Mister um, Celery has no relation to the Blue Rocks. It was just like the costume was available. They yep. got it. They bought it. <laughs> it's a rally mascot. So if you're not familiar, with the ma- rally mascot, you can't. Hug this character. You can't high five it. It only comes out when the home team scores. So this group of University of Delaware students uh, call themselves the Celery Squad. They got like green um, wigs. Uh, Where got you know self-made uh, T-shirts had a banner and they brought their own celery in and they would, when there's a (laughs) player on third, they would keep like like beating the celery together like, um, like thunder sticks. Amazing. They might've invented the thunder stick.
1: They invented this single-handedly,
0: but, uh, but but this is a thing.
1: The way it was explained to me was that Mr. Celery came out to celery break. When they scored a run, I mean that sounds like a, a press release uh, idea. I'm sure, which I'm giving <laughs> full credit to. That's a it's a great idea. But um... and uh, and I understand that 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 the inspiration for Mister Celery came from, and you'll probably remember the name when the general manager at the time went to the California League All Star Game. Yes, Chris Kempel. Chris Kempel, who I interviewed for the Sports Logos. Yes, yes. I'm glad you remember that name. I could not conjure that name, so I'm glad you did. And I guess they were in Lake Elsinore, maybe. This sounds about right. And uh, and they and a run, the California League scored a run, and like a pink bunny came out. And this is
0: it. This is true. This, this is true.
1: And and so this is just one of these stories. And he just saw that, and he said, "Hey, when we when we took over the ballpark, the concessionaire had left behind like ketchup and mustard and celery and Coke and like just like like concession mascots. So we're gonna use. We're just we just found this thing, and we're gonna use it." And it became this amazing brand. Yes, that, ever, that people absolutely love.
0: And the pink bunny still exists in um like Elsinore for
1: uh for those who are wondering. This is amazing. So I guess my follow-up question to this is is minor league baseball the best or what? I mean, it's fantastic.
0: Like, and I love to I love hearing stories because I haven't thought about Mr. Celery in quite some time. And like that is like vintage minor league baseball, like, you know, these like that's what I love about it, is that we've worked with uh major league teams and you know, I listen with with all due respect to major league teams that they're just siloed, you know, there's like the promotions group and then there's the sales group and then there's game entertainment. And there's not the sort of dialogue that happens when you have a minor league team where it's like five people, one person does all those jobs and somebody has a wild idea at lunch on Monday. (laughs) It's happening Tuesday. Whereas the major league, it's like, well, we got to go to legal. We got to see if this is like, can, you know is anybody else doing this and like is there a lawsuit that's gonna happen and yeah. you know we got to go through all these steps and minor league baseball is so great and that they're like let's just try it and if it fails on tuesday we won't do it wednesday and if it happens to be great on tuesday you're gonna see for the rest of the week
1: amazing yeah it truly is uh, it truly is incredible what a, what an amazing thing that, that i mean you all obviously this is your profession this is your career but to have you know for for minor league baseball fans to have stumbled on this world. That's getting, you know, increasingly more fun. Yeah. Uh, you, and speaking of which, you know, you mentioned Redding and you mentioned the the work that you did with them, including on baseball town. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you created the bun Bino. That's right. The great bun Bino. hot dog, right. That's right. Hot dog based character. That was, I remember that that was notable because it was one of the first times that we saw a completely different brand. Like a complete, like we're going to play in this regularly. Yeah. The colors, the logo, everything, the name. It's a completely different brand, but it's the same team.
0: Right. And and the way that that kind of came about was this idea of, you know, we talk a lot about um, this nine inning vacation or you're stepping into a whole nother world and you're escaping your your daily troubles when you go to a minor league baseball game. I think a lot of that we've talked about before about this idea of like, you know, you're like, it's like going to Disney, like you're stepping into a whole nother world. And so, you know, there's got Fantasyland and Tomorrowland and Adventureland if you go to Disney. And we had this thought of, like, what, what would it like if you went to Reading? Like, what would that land be called? And they were like, well, what if it was, like, Baseball Town? So there's Cooperstown, there's Wrigleyville. Like, what if our universe was called Baseball Town? And we had hours upon hours of creative brainstorming and talking about, well, is the ballpark baseball town. When you step outside the, you know, the footprint of the ballpark, are you still in baseball town? Like, what is, you know, the ballpark's got a naming rights partner and and, and, and what is their relationship to baseball town? And they, you know, and are you a citizen of baseball town? Which you are. Huh. Um, and so then this idea was like, well, why do we have Reading on it? Why don't we have baseball town on our away jerseys so that we travel, we can market our slogan, you know, to other cities around the Northeast. And then it became this like, well, if we're going to sponsor um, youth baseball teams in Redding, well, should they be the Redding Phillies? No, no, no. They're part of our, they're citizens of Baseball Town. They should represent Baseball Town. And then, you know, it's like, well, we need a mascot for Baseball Town. And the B- Bambino came and, you know, it's a, it's a hot dog for baseball. And then, you know, hot dogs and mustard. And now everything's <laughs> going to be written out of mustard. And that's kind of how it went.
1: Mustard, but not ketchup. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Everybody right. has
0: their opinion on ketchup. Yeah, up. yeah,
1: yeah. I, I tried to drag you into that culture, and you yeah. weren't having it.
0: No, I like. I just, I if if it's free, oh, uh, yeah.
1: at the stand, yeah, <laughs> I just throw it on. All right, but this is uh, the reason I bring up that baseball town thing is that was before Copa. Yeah, that was before the the temporary food based identities. Right. That was before the the whole notion of a team taking on a whole different identity. You know they had promotional nights. They had Star Wars nights. Yeah, you know, they had all these things. But it still said the name of the team on there. It wasn't a different actual team. That the idea of completely changing the name of the team, I think, was relatively new when Baseball Town. Are you to- are you proposing it was the first? I'm not proposing that because this is all off the cuff. This this whole conversation that we're having right now was actually not what either of us intended. <laughs> so
0: I, uh, it, I mean, it could have been. Okay. Although somebody will, I'm
1: sure. america will let us know if it's not let's hear it let's hear it in the comments everybody uh we're taking your phone calls now we're live in san diego (laughs) dial in or just google brandios and show up at the doorstep here because apparently you can do that uh speaking of which inside your studio here you know you were very generous with your time and and giving me the tour here what are the things in the studio we talked about your lego gorilla already yeah what are the things that you like to show off to visitors once every two years
2: gosh um (laughs) If
1: that's really if that's that is true, and you've been doing this for 20 years, you've had 10 visitors. Am I the the 10th visitor?
0: visitor. (laughs) Congratulations, Paul. We have a gift basket
1: on the way out. You did give me a brandiose hat, by the way. That's true. We do we do have our stock
0: of uh, studio team uh official uh swag if you do come. Um yeah, we um uh I mean the cap wall is pretty cool. Uh so we love showing off the cap wall. We love showing off Clink Kong, our uh life-size Lego gorilla. Um I always like showing off, um, you know, how the process starts from beginning to to end. So, you know, we've got all the original sketchbooks. I mean, like, you know, when 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 logos were designed with pencil by hand on paper, um, you know, old school style. Casey still designs old school style, which is I love it—the the craftsmanship that goes into something. It starts, you know in just like a hand drawn way before it goes digital um and then so we have all the sketchbooks it's cool to talk about and to see how uh, thread and fabrics get factored in and the limitations and so there's you know and and, and there's production limitations and then there's marketing and what's going to sell and um and then also um yeah i don't I, there's there's all kinds of um fun fun stuff here
1: yeah absolutely I I've, I've uh, speaking of this the studio here do do your neighbors know what you do do they like are they aware that there's uh there's minor league baseball graphic design royalty right here in the neighborhood I
0: don't know that they know we do have frosted windows yeah cuz the nature of our work is um we just can't have Looky loose. Well, yeah, we don't want to scoop what's going on. (laughs) So if we're working on a brand that is yet to be unveiled, um, you just can't, you got to keep that under wraps. So I do not know. Okay. I do not know. I mean, I got to believe that someone's Googled us.
1: Well, clearly, it's it's right there. <laughs> it is
0: it is very cryptic
1: yeah, of what's yeah. going on inside of here. I did take a picture. My plan was to take a picture of oh, I'm sorry, the
0: FedEx guy.
1: The FedEx guy knows what you do. We do. He knows you what you do. You must get a lot of boxes of yes. hats in the mail, I would we, think. We do so. the FedEx
0: guy, UPS guy, um, and the sparklets water um, person who brings the water and knows what we do.
1: Okay. All right. They uh, Yeah, because they come in and they see the hats all bet. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, this has been such a fascinating look. I'm so thrilled to have gotten to see the the studio and to hear the airplanes yes. that go over every 30 seconds. I mean, what a what a who knew that the the brands that you were creating could very well or, or not only the result of you know maybe uh, liquid uh, inspiration,
0: but a touch of
1: jet fuel. A touch dro- of jet fuel that maybe drops
0: from the sky. A sort of brain
1: rattling nature. It is. The,
0: I mean, some people have pixie dust. We
1: have jet fuel. You've jet fuel. You've got the the teeth rattling uh, sound of the planes going overhead, and then uh, just to take the edge off, you've got this this brewery right down the street here. So yes. It's, uh, what what an environment. I certainly was not expecting that when I when I showed up here. Jason, thank you so much. Yeah,
0: thanks so much for coming.
1: I'm I, gonna, I'm gonna try something here. Yeah, let's do it. And if it doesn't work, we'll cut it out. Okay. But we've never had Casey on the what on the podcast before. Casey has never said word one on my podcast. I've never spoken to Casey for, for, for a sports logos article. Are you asking me to unshackle his handcuffs? He, he doesn't even have to leave his desk. About fifteen. But if if we could get. Casey, to just yell, hey, guys, from way over there in the corner.
3: I, I mean, I'll spend 15 minutes over there, but I'll just do a hey, guys. Do you want to do 15 minutes?
1: I would love to have Casey over here. Absolutely. Right. Would you mind? I was, I was, Here I thought I was going to get an exclusive <laughs> hey, guys, but I'll get a whole... Uh... Hold on, hold on. All right. Casey, such a pleasure to finally meet you in person, to finally uh, hear your your human voice. Uh, <laughs> Good and, to meet you. Uh, I, I'm curious, you know you do a lot of the the work uh in background you know Jason has always been the 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 voice I've spoken to for sports logos or or for those podcasts. What tell me about your your role here uh in the firm and and sort of the nature of the partnership that you that you guys have?
3: yeah, I think a few years into Brandio's starting, we realized that we needed to do we needed some sort of division of labor, and um I think we looked at each other and said, you know. You like talking to people more than I do, and I like <laughs> drawing more than you do. So, <laughs> so we we'll do that, and that's kind of how it is. So, yeah, I'm, for, yeah, I've I've been most, at least maybe the primary designer for for the last twenty years. And um, as a
1: designer, as a as a logo creator, and I've said this to Jason a number of times, creating logos just seems like magic to me, right? Like my I I have a background in graphic design. It's all layout and composition. It mm-hmm. is not illustration uh i love type setting i'm not good at type creating so like the work that you do seems like magic to me what are the aspects of graphic design uh, and in in particular what would you even call it graphic design or is it illustration what are the aspects of logo creation that that really speak to you
3: it's a great question i mean uh minor league baseball is definitely probably minor baseball style design is probably more like like illustration than regular logo design Mm -hmm. and um that's really my background too. I mean, I'm a painting major and, you know, figure drawing, drawing animals. That's really my, what I'm most, most into. I, I think, I think I heard you guys talking about the Everett Aqua Socks, for instance, Yeah, you know, those, those are some of my most favorite designs that we do because, because it pushes at us outside of what we normally deliver, but you kind of become a victim of your own success. And Similar to the way that like when we first started naming the teams, these crazy names, we would get all a bunch of hate mail. And now I think if we didn't name the team a crazy name, we would get hate mail.
1: Right, right, right. And hey,
3: so, yeah. <laughs> and so I think if we started delivering very kind of NFL style, cool, which is amazing stuff, right? Uh, Nike style logos. I think, I think people wouldn't hire us anymore. <laughs> Interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is so. it, is there, is there a style, of design that you would like to explore more.
3: Well, I mean I like it all. I'm I'm yeah. a, I'm agnostic. Yeah, so I am I'm I'm a shark. I just what's the next project? <laughs> and I just want to solve the problem and if, if the solving the problem means um, you know, doing a character logo, based logo, illustration logo then great. I just okay. want to be drawing. I don't really
1: What's your background? What's your interest in typography? I love I like I love type. I love letter forms. When, I, when I'm when i out in the world with a camera, like if I see like a rusted old sign or something or, or yeah. painting on a brick wall, that sort of thing. What's your relationship with typography?
3: Yeah, so uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of designing a few fonts. It is not my strong suit. And thankfully we have some help with that now. But I but I, I like some of the ones that I've done. Um, I had a really great typography teacher in art school. He His claim to fame was that he hand lettered on glass the scroll for Star Wars. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. And then they just turned it on an angle and, and that's incredible. Pretty incredible, what right? What an incredible thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he he was a great typography teacher and taught me the basics. I think you either are great at that kind of thing. I'm not a technical designer like that. Okay. So, I, for instance, layout design would, I I, could, I can't do it. It's like, I, it's like, it's so difficult. I'm just not that kind of detail oriented person. So, um, and typography falls in line with that, too. So any sort of, like, real structured font, that's why all of our fonts are sort of fun. And See,
1: I equate that, I like, page layout and composition and hierarchy, I I equate that with, like, loading the dishwasher, right? <laughs> like, just like I want a system and I want organization yeah. and I don't want to be creative about it. And so, but that's where, like, the creative work that you do, I'm sure... I wonder if if you have a more creative approach to loading the dishwasher. That might drive me crazy. <laughs> I,
3: was just, I was just about to say, I'm not going to let you see how I load my dishwasher. See, I knew it. I knew it.
1: I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Jason's on the other side of the room. Jason, how are you at loading a dishwasher?
0: Uh, I'm more like you, Paul.
1: There you go. All right. I knew it. This is why you two work well together. <laughs> you said you had a couple of uh, custom fonts that you had created that you, that you like just like I did with Jason I'm not going to ask you to name your favorite projects but what are some of the the custom typefaces that you created and 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 that you liked and why did you what did you like about them
3: well one of my favorite ones is the Cincinnati Reds oh. i mean it's still that that font to me you know one of the greatest compliments i think we ever got or we ever you yeah, know that we ever got that i ever heard about was some you know old reds fan saying that they were glad they brought the old font back when Yeah, it was your new font. A couple of twenty-year-old (laughs) bloodheads in San Diego invented it. (laughs) Uh,
1: What's it? It must be amazing to see something that you've created out on the field, especially. I mean, I know that the minor league creations are probably more fun from a creative standpoint. Yeah, but to see the work that you've done out on the major league field has to be a real thrill. Is that? Is that? Does that still land with you, or do you ever get accustomed to it?
3: No, it's it's still a thrill. Still thrilling to see to see anything. yeah, major league or minor league, but it's, I mean, it's always fun to be sitting in a bar and, and, you know, I've even had the p- p- privilege a few times of maybe we're hanging out with new people, my w- wife's friends or something like that. And it comes around to what do you do? And I tell them what they do. They're like, oh, that's weird. And I was like, actually, I designed you know, that, <laughs> that. that That's always been really cool. Um, hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome.
1: Have you ever had a stranger come in? Wearing something you've created and just been like, yeah, I did that.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just uh, yeah, seeing seeing our work around around the world. I was just in last summer. I was just in Mexico City in the airport and seeing. I saw a few of our logos bopping around. It was awesome. What's
1: What's the strangest place that you've seen one of your logos?
3: Mexico City for sure. Okay. I want to say. I want to say. I wanna say I saw something in Europe or something like that. But but i, I definitely yeah, definitely in Canada or whenever, whenever we travel, seeing seeing someone where our stuff is just thrilling.
1: I see the Chihuahuas logo in Colorado yeah. all the time.
3: Yeah, I always see the Chihuahuas, Chihuahuas
1: logo. Um and my, my friend Heather is actually she has a Chihuahua and so she particularly likes that logo. She's not really a baseball fan, but she's a Chihuahua fan, so she's got that logo. Yeah, that's I would good. say that's
3: probably our most I think most um spotted. I, I always chalk that up to it being a potter's affiliate and us being close to mexico yeah but maybe maybe it's i mean i know that they've sold a lot of hats so.
1: <laughs> this question will be from both of you jason's on the other side of the room but it's okay if you sound a little far away uh and then i'll leave you with this because i know that jason's got a little league game to get to here and he's got to leave in a couple of minutes so my sort of standard line is i've taken more of your time than i meant to so okay. i say that all the time Great some some classic minor league baseball logos so not contemporary you know not ones that are created by folks you know who that that you are competing against essentially right i mean it's i know there's a collegial nature with your fellow designers out there but it's also you know it's also competition for work but what are some of the logos b- that were created before you entered the 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 arena of minor league baseball logos that are inspirational to you or ones that that you feel like really represent the the sport of minor league baseball i I think
3: um, for me the further you go back in history the more closely the minor league logos uh, look like the major league logos and vice versa Mm. and so you see you know in the 50s and 60s and, and 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 earlier you see these great classic um sleeve patch logos you know i'm thinking of the the twins you know handshake logo um you know and and that is the origin of what brandios does Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. you know uh so our, our our legacy comes out of mud hens as much as it comes out of that that sort of style handshake sure that um yeah that twins handshake logo so you know, yeah, all, all of those super retro logos. I know that we, I, I always have a big sort of old school retro logo sheet that I love to look at when I'm needing inspiration. And it's a mix of minor league, major league, um, all that jazz. But, you know, one one thing that I have really come to really have fallen in love with, with the, especially with the older fonts. I mean, the Yankees is a great example. We think of it as this like hyper polished sort of, you know, brand but it isn't right i mean the ny on the jersey being different than the hat right, right or you know and and you think and i one thing i've thought a lot about i thought like why 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 are the edges all round why is it funky why why does the like the 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 the, the, the vertical line of the y maybe doesn't match like it was drawn like a perfect line right, right, right. Like, like the top part crossing over the And was like, didn't like, why is that off? And it's probably because, you know, some owner of the Yankees that is that I can't, that I've never even heard of back in the way back in the day, handed a piece of paper to some, you know, suit maker or seamstress or something like that. And they looked at the thing and (laughs) they (laughs) hit their scissors and their navy fabric and cut the NY out, right? (laughs) And then by the time it made it to Adobe Illustrator and a style guide and Major League Baseball licensing, it had been traced with scissors, you know, a dozen times, and that—that that to me is like the most exciting stuff about those retro logos.
0: And I, and I would argue that Casey really embraces that in his design. Like we've talked about this a lot: is if it's too
3: polished, yeah.
0: too symmetrical, if it's too clean, it's like it—you it, you, kind of like glance over. It, whereas yeah. like if there's something that feels a little bit wonky or off, or right? it's not perfect it's more interesting
1: well this has been fascinating this has been so much fun i'm so glad to have finally gotten to talk to you casey jason thank you for inviting me to the studio this has been an incredible experience for me and uh like i said yeah this was this we intended to have an entirely different conversation um uh this was fun where this wound up but thank you both uh this has been a ton of fun
0: yeah, we should go to some some
1: beer stuff. <laughs> you know where you can, you can find me there tonight. I'm gonna. <laughs> my flight doesn't take off till ten thirty tonight. So. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It is time for America's favorite podcast segment, Studio Simon Stumpers. I'm joined right now by. Noted designer, Dan Simon, who brings us Studio Simon Stumpers every single week on this podcast. You might recognize Dan Simon from his recent Media Blitz. He was on the Baseball Bucket List podcast with Anna Di Tommaso. He was on the Earned Fun Average podcast with Eric Prophet and Johnny Bolin. He was on the Dad Hat Chronicles with Ed Rivera. And he was on "Let's Get to the Show" with James Christopher. So, uh, Dan, you must be exhausted from your recent media blitz. I've been hearing your voice all over my podcast feed. It's been a lot of fun, but but thank you for for carving out time for Studio Simon Stumpers.
2: Yep. It ha- well, you're welcome, and it, it was has indeed been a a podcast whirlwind.
1: So, Dan, let's let's get into it. This is this is a curious one, right? Because this episode, I was visiting Brandios in San Diego. And, you know, that that conversation was sort of all over the place. We talked about everything from the San Diego airport to Lego gorillas. Let's let's see where what what kind of trivia question do we have about uh, about Brandios or San Diego or airports or Liberty Station? Who knows what's it going to be?
2: This was an interesting one for me because it was not specific to a particular identity. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it was specific to Brandios and they have done. So much work, I think it's safe to say. No, I don't think it's safe to say, I know it is safe to say that as far as quantity goes, they've done more than I have. Um, even though I predate them uh, as far as um, my career versus theirs in longevity, uh, just because I started earlier, um, and that's actually where I chose to go with this question. Okay. Um, I met the the boys from Brandios at the two thousand for the first time at the two thousand and two baseball winter meetings in Nashville. I was doing a presentation. I believe they might have been doing a presentation right after mine. Even if they weren't, something technologically went wrong with. With something. I didn't have a an adapter or something like that to hook up my laptop to the the projection device that they had there for me. Um, I I probably had an adapter, but maybe not the correct one. And they came to the rescue with an adapter for me that allowed me to do my presentation. Otherwise, I would not have been able to present there.
1: Dan, yeah. you're making me twitch a little bit because at the association where I work for many, many years, my primary responsibility at our annual conference was basically making sure that that laptops were talking to projectors, and there was a there was a period there early on when everyone was using projectors and everyone had a different adapter, and and it was a different keyboard command on every PC, and the, and every Mac had a different dongle to adapt. And so, so I'm twitching a little bit as you tell this story, but I but I am glad to know that it worked out and that uh, uh, that you guys teamed up to to have your presentation be uh, feasible.
2: Right. So. So that was 20 years ago, 20 plus, and uh, Brandios was was new on the sports branding landscape at that time relatively new. Yeah. Um, they now have an additional 20 years under their belt, so new is not a word I would use to describe them. <laughs> uh, so with all that in mind, today's studio Simon Stumper asks, what was the first minor league baseball brand identity that Brandios developed? Was it A, the Clearwater Threshers, B, the West 10 Diamond Jacks, or C, the Lake Erie Crushers?
1: I, w- I would like to compliment you, Dan, on your pronunciation of Clearwater uh, when you talk about the Clearwater Threshers instead of uh, Clear Water, like some people try to say in some parts of the country. Clearwater is the appropriate pronunciation, and you nailed it. Wait, it is the
2: difference there the emphasis on the first
1: no, no, no. It's what? water instead of water.
2: Oh, well, that's the New Yorker in me. Um,
1: that's right. Well, that's that's how we say it in Philly is clear water. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there was a time when I would have answered this question with the Tulsa drillers because I thought their first logo was for many years. And I told people this, I repeated this, this fact that I had wrong somehow. I repeated the fact that the Tulsa drillers was their first logo and that was wrong, apparently, but I can tell you from actual knowledge, every once in a while, you ask me a question that, that, that I, that I know the answer because it's an answer that I know and not because I have to suss it out, which is a word I like to use all the time with you, uh, that it is indeed the diamond jacks.
2: And that is correct. I, I went into this one, as I've said in previous stumper segments, I'm not looking to stump you, nor am I looking to, you know, put it right on the tee for you and, and have something you're obviously going to know. But I felt like this one, you had a pretty good chance of knowing. So I felt good about this because, like I've said before, I like when you get them right.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, and, you'll yep. you'll hear it when you listen to this episode, but I, I actually did have it wrong uh, for many, many years. <laughs> so if you had asked okay. me this a week ago, I would have gotten it wrong.
2: Well, when I was trying to decide what would be the two wrong answers here, mm. the one that i was going to include and chose not to for for various reasons the one that didn't make the cut was the Tulsa drillers oh. because i thought well maybe you'd think that is an an older one so um you did answer correctly the west 10 diamond jacks that was if if the information on sportslogos.net your <laughs> uh, your i don't know if it's quote unquote, your parent company but uh <laughs> what how what would you describe sportslogos.net and your association with it
1: i'm a contributor to sportslogos.net and so, uh, so what are they to you it's you know it's like a relationship sometimes you know maybe maybe labeling it is uh is not the best thing so i we've chris and i have never we've never had the relationship conversation about uh, me and sportslogos.net
2: okay well if the information from sportslogos.net is correct the year information the west end diamond jacks is 1998 okay. so that's quite a quite a while ago yeah um, next in chronological order the clearwater threshers 2004 okay and lastly was the lake erie crushers an independent minor league team um, 2009 now two of those clubs are no longer using that artwork. The West End Diamond Jacks changed their name to the Jackson Generals, uh, an identity I did. Mm -hmm. And that identity is not being used anymore. That's now the Jackson Rockabillies, which you have featured. You Just last week. Okay, right. Um, The Lake Erie Crushers are still called the Crushers, but they went from the baseball player Crushing a ball by swinging his bat, direction to the wine-themed grape identity they currently have, and the Clearwater Threshers, almost 20 years since their first year as the Threshers. Actually, I, I think since it was 2004, this would be their 2023 would be their 20th year with their identity, and that one's still going strong.
1: I'd be curious to know. Now that now that you've brought that trivia question in, what was the first brand that Brandios did after they switched from Plan B branding to Brandios? I wonder what the first officially Brandios brand was.
2: I don't know if my research, if I'd be able to figure that one out, but uh, you know them, just call him and they'll I'll
1: tell you right away. <laughs> I'll text Jason right now. So Dan, thank you so much. You know I love Studio Simon Stumpers. Can't wait to get back at it next week. Appreciate you and your, your media blitz and making time on short order for this Studio Simon number. I know that this was a quick turnaround, so thank you for that and we'll see you next week.
2: It was my pleasure, I'll see you then.